Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Hope you guys and gals doing exceptionally well. And I want to officially welcome you guys out to part 16 of my Purpose of Singleness course, where this course is designed to help those who are single in an unsure relationship um, better understand themselves and prepare themselves for the next phase. If you're watching me for the very first time, I want to say thank you. If you're a recent subscriber or you've been a subscriber since however long, I want to welcome you all. Those who's watching me live on YouTube, those who's listening, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other streams. But today, we're going to be talking about something very important. We're going to be talking about horizontal comparisons or the effects of envy on singles. But let's get right into the chat box, see who's here. And then I got a PowerPoint that I'm going to navigate through. I'm trying to switch up my, my teaching style. But let me go ahead and go in the chat box first. What's up, Robert? What's going on, family? Oh, no, I don't want to jack your name up, but Oh, no, Keisha, thank you. Nice to meet you. Aline Collins, can't wait to see what we'll be discussing today. Didn't get the worksheet, but I know it'll be a good teaching as always. I know. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak through me today because I'm excited. And I know that uh, what I have here has been given to me through him. So I know it's going to be blessed. Shia, what's going on from Sweden? Thank you for watching, everybody. Let me know where you're watching from. What's steady? Not steady. What city, uh, state, and all that good stuff? What's up, Info Me ASAP? What's going on? Hey, Miss J. So go ahead and share this broadcast. Like it as you come in, um, because we're going to go through some very important things in regards to um, comparisons, envy, etc. But let's get right into my notes. And today, like I said before, we're going to be discussing, um, uh, comparisons, envy, jealousy, all that good stuff. But if you see on your screen here, we're going to be talking about, or the main point for today's discussion is you will only rise or fall to the level of your comparison. You will only rise or fall to the level of your comparison. Our question for the day that I want you guys and gals to process is that what or who what or who are you comparing your life to? Today's question, tonight's question is, what or who are you comparing your life to? And our talking points are fourfold. We're going to be talking about what are horizontal comparisons? Why do people compare? What do we compare? And why we shouldn't compare and how to stop making comparisons. That's five things. One, two, three. Wow. We got a lot of notes today. So let's get right into it. All right. I guess we already got through that. Let's get right to the next PowerPoint. What are horizontal comparisons? What are horizontal comparisons? Let's get into some definitions real quick. You can all, for those who don't have the notes already, you can go ahead and um, follow me along with the PowerPoint here. But if you want the worksheet, you go to lifework.teachable.com and you will be able to download today's worksheet so that you will be able to get the activity um, of how that you can really better compare your life vertically and not horizontal. But let's get to some definitions, and then we're going to really get to some points. The definition of compare. The definition of compare is to view in relation to. The definition of compare is to a view in relation to. The definition of envy is a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Let's keep going. The definition of compare is to view in relation to, and the definition of envy is a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another, 
joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Let's get to the problem and some more points, and then we uh, will elaborate on those definitions. But the problem when it comes to singles, let's get right into it. Many people or singles have leveled out to low levels due to false comparisons. Many singles have leveled out to low levels due to false comparisons. They are not ascending to the levels of maturity and uniqueness needed for them to pair up to their God-given purpose and its pieces. Many people or singles have leveled out to a low place due to false comparisons. They are not ascending to the levels of maturity and uniqueness needed for them to pair up to their God-given purpose and pieces. Let's break it down a little bit further. It's unfortunate how we compare our lives horizontally and not compare our lives to the one that we should compare our life to, and that's Christ. It's unfortunate how many people are losing sight of who God has designed them to be, losing sight to uh, uh, from, from their purpose and what they should be pairing themselves to. And it's unfortunate how many of us have come down to a low level due to false comparisons, comparing our lives to people, other people's life. Anytime you compare your life to someone else, you have leveled down. Not that they're not that you're better than them or they're beneath you, but you level down from where you're supposed to be because each person God created with uniqueness. God created each and every one of us for a unique design purpose and his ultimate objective through his spirit, whom by his goodness have drawn us to a place of repentance, which leads us to a place of mind renewal that will help us to reach the levels that God has before ordained and predestined for us to walk in and to live in. Who are you comparing your life to? What are you comparing your life to? What level are you right now? Are you comparing your life to someone else losing sight of how God designed for you to live? The definition says many people or singles have leveled out, meaning they are not ascending. They have leveled out and not only have leveled out per se to a, a, a certain level of maturity, but they have leveled out to a low level due to false comparisons. Whoever's life you compare to, you will be paired with. Uh, it's unfortunate how many of us are endeavoring to be like other people versus being the, the, the person that God is destined for us to be. And since we have leveled ourselves to low levels, we are not ascending to the levels of maturity and uniqueness. See, 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 it's our objective to observe the beauty of God, to observe the holiness of his scriptures so that we can be able to, through his spirit, uh, embrace the character, embrace the Christ-like mind so that we can ascend to a level of maturity as men, a level of maturity as women, husbands, fathers, uh, wives, mothers, um, leaders, that we ascend to the proper levels so that we are able to, to, to be and perceive and to, and to have the God-given purpose and his pieces. See, I put in his pieces there because in the purpose of God for our life are uh, comparable pieces. Um, there's That's why you have to be uh, so in tune with God so that you'll know the difference between counterfeits and counterparts. See, a counterfeit is something that you're trying to force to fit your life. A counterpart is a part that's able to complement your life. Each and every one of us 
have on the counter of our lives, either parts we are force-fitting or parts that's supposed to flow with the, with, with the will of God in our lives. And it's our uh, objective to be able to count. It's unfortunate how many uh, believers are not sound or versed in spiritual mathematics. The Bible says count it all joy because the way we are able to count, uh, it comes from our ability to perceive the value of a thing, to perceive the purpose of a thing so that we don't get entangled with things and trying to force fit a man in our life, to try to force fit a woman in our lives or to try to force fit incomparable things that's going to hinder us from being the mature individual that we are supposed to be. That's why we got to look at the definition. Compare is to view in relation to. See, that's why I love the word relationship. You heard me say this in many videos. Do not get in a ship with a person or thing that you do not relate with. In the beginning, God created man in his image. I got a scripture here that's very important. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Another scripture talked about said that he created man in his image and in his likeness. Right now, we bear God's image. But the question is not the image we bear. The question is, are we of his likeness? See, when I get in a ship with God and I got Jesus in the boat with me, I'm selling to my purpose. It's important that I have him in the boat with me, that I'm having a relationship that we're able to relate. And in the beginning, when Adam and Eve, when Adam was not walking with God or was not found to be or to meet God in the cool of the day. And when Adam ate the fruit from his wife that it was given to him from the tree after Eve was having a conversation with, with the serpent. And when God came to Adam, man, you got to understand, God ain't going to come to the woman first. God's going to come to you. But when God came to Adam, he said, Adam, where are you? And when he began to uh, ask him that question, Adam and, or, or, or God began to ask what happened. And Adam then blamed Eve and God. He said, the woman that you gave me, he not only blamed the woman, but he blamed God. He said, the woman that you gave me. And after he went through, uh, God went through each person and, and, and examined them, they was excommunicated out of their garden. And when they was excommunicated out of the garden, their spiritual soul died. They know they no longer related to God anymore. That's why God said, in order for me to relate to man again, I got to package myself in flesh because a God in spirit don't know what it's like to be cold. Don't know what it's like to be hot. Don't know what it's like to go through pain. So he said, let me wrap myself in flesh. And he said, before I even made the womb of a woman, I'm going to make the woman's womb where the blood of the woman and the blood of the child cannot cross so I can create an eco chamber by which my holy begotten son can be brought into this world where no blood of sin can cross. And when the Holy Spirit conceived and brought the spirit and the flesh of God in woman, God then brought who he can relate to. Like a video game, when I create a created player, that's me in another dimension. And so God created himself in another dimension, had the controller in eternity guiding Jesus through time because he said, if I can get Christ to the cross and I, get, I can shed his blood, him being equal to me and many people will say, well, Josh, Coach Josh, Jesus ain't God. Then why was they trying to kill Jesus? Why would they try to stone him? Because the, the Pharisees
Pharisee says we he has um, uh, um, done blasphemy because he made himself equal to God. So God had to put himself in time, an uh, equal, an uh, equal of him, a part of the triune nature of God. So that when Jesus died and the spirit came in us, we now can relate to God again. And that's the beauty of the cross that he died so that he can uh, uh, empty himself of his spirit and so that he can pour his spirit upon all flesh so that as I walk now, I am now back in relationship with the father. And now I no longer have to compare my life horizontally. I compare my life vertically, which humbles me and helps me and counterpults me to help others. Who are you relating to? Who are you comparing your life to? Who are you comparing? You are settling your, you setting yourself up for a low life when you compare yourself to anyone and everyone outside of God. Because when I compare myself to Jesus, not, it not only humbles me because I know I'm not perfect, but I, his righteousness has been imputed on me, which now gives me the opportunity to approach the throne of grace boldly, which allows me to be a joint heir with Christ, which allows me to be back in fellowship with them so that I can be able to grow into the person that I need to be. But it also helps me knowing that I got a helper on the inside of me that's going to help me to fulfill my purpose that would generationally, inherently help those who are impacted by my life. Who are you comparing yourself to? Compare by definition is to view in relation to. So I so your your perspective would determine who you compare yourself to. It says to view in relation to. It's crazy how we view our lives, view our social media, view the people around us, and then we look at ourselves in relation to them. Oh, well, she got a man, so singleness sucks. Oh, he got a girl, now singleness sucks. No, singleness and marriage are both equal and, and, and important. One is not better than the other. They're all both a gift. But when you view outside of the worldview of the text of the word of God, you then begin to relate to created things versus relating yourself to the creator. Because when we relate ourselves to the creator, we are now inspired to create without compromise, without confusion and full of clarity. Envy, on the other hand, <clears throat> it says a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with the desire to possess the same advantage. Desire mixed with discontentment will get you nowhere. There's two feelings in envy. It says a painful or resentful awareness of the advantage of someone else or enjoyed by someone else. When you view your singleness as a punishment or you view your singleness <clears throat> as God's uh, uh, purgatory for you, when you view singleness lower than marriage, then you will never maximize that singleness. And then you will constantly view your life in relation to <clears throat> those who are married, <clears throat> excuse me, those who are dating, those who are courting. Because of your worldview, now you begin to view your life in relation to whom whose life you observing. And then what happens when you view your life, <clears throat> excuse me, where you are, and, and, it, and it's damaging to your soul, then what's going to happen is you're going to build emotion, then you're going to be upset, and then you're going to compare your life to someone else. And then not only with that resentful and envy and jealousy and painfulness, you begin to pursue that thing before your time. <clears throat> Give me. 
I'm going ahead of myself. I'm getting 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 choked up. <clears throat> so many people, man, don't have the proper worldview. They're not viewing their lives how they're supposed to. And what happens is over time, your second year being single, your third year being single, now you're mad. Now you're upset. Now you're mad at God. And now you start making yourself available. Now you start pursuing women with, with, the, with the verse that says it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And that resentfulness then releases you before your rightful time. And then you end up with the wrong one. Envy is a painful or resentful awareness that from your heart you are perceiving the advantages enjoyed by another, enjoyed by your best friend. She just she just got married before coronavirus. And now you like God, a coronavirus. I might even have my big wedding. And now, you know, you compare your life to your homeboys and and all these different things. And now the rivers of resentment is flooding into your heart. And now you have the desire to actually possess the same advantage in Christ. You already have the advantage. The advantage is not between me and another brother or me and other sister. The advantage is over my old self. The advantage is over Satan is his old kingdom. My advantage now is over who I used to be and an enemy who used to have me. That's the advantage. The advantage is now how can I get further than my brother, get further than my sister, and then you marry the wrong one so your gram can look good, but you don't even got a gram, an ounce of anything to show that you even worthy, not worthy, that you even ready for what you're reaching for. Many people are singles have leveled out to low levels. Thank you for giving. I appreciate you. Many people are singles have leveled out to low levels due to false comparisons. They are not ascending to the levels of maturity and uniqueness. Let's get, let's get that up there for those who are watching. Many people are singles have leveled out to low levels due to false comparisons. They are not ascending to the levels of maturity and uniqueness needed for them to pair up, pair up to their God-given purpose and his peace. They're right up here is the purpose of God and the pieces within that purpose. But when we compare ourselves to other people and their purpose, we will then never be paired up. Paired up. I want to be paired up, y'all. I don't I don't I don't want to be uh paired up with somebody else's blessings because you got to be built up to manage the blessing. All blessings come with a certain weight. But most blessings become burdensome to people who trying to behold it before the time. See, blessings are heavy. Marriage is heavy. Money is heavy. Anything that requires stewardship or management is heavy. And if you're not that person yet, and you're going after because of envy and resentfulness, then you end up with the man that's beating you. Now you end up with a woman that's, that don't even care about you. And, and all of a sudden now the resentment that flowed you into a relationship that was wrong for you is now connecting with another river of resentment of, of called regret. The river of resentment is now flowing with the river of regret. And now you feel bad about yourself. <clears throat> Let's keep going. All right. Right now, you are either comparing your life horizontally with others or vertically with God. Right now, you are either comparing your life horizontally with others or vertically with God. Where are you comparing your life? Next point, God designed or delivered us, designed mean from the beginning, and since we messed up in the beginning through Christ, he delivered us to only make external connections from our internal connection or source, who is the Holy Spirit. He designed us to flow from the inside out. 
to connect from the inside out, not from our old self, not from our soul, but from the spirit of God that has sealed us, right? And so his design, <clears throat> and we have been delivered to get into position. Um, That's right. I thought, I thought you said it. You couldn't hear me. It says, she said, Kelly says, I can't carry. Let's see what she said. She said, I can't carry no dead weight, only what God has me. That's right. That's why the Bible says don't be unequally yoked because when we unequally yoked with anyone or anything. It doesn't break the weaker person. It breaks the stronger person because now the calf has to not only carry his or her weight, but it also has to carry the dead or resistant weight of the person they're connected to and the carriage. So all of a sudden, as that calf it is pulling all of that weight, that bull, that calf, whatever is pulling it, it is now breaking his own neck and is not able to stretch himself or herself to the place that God has for them. That's why you got to be yoked up with living weight, not dead weight. You got to be yoked up with living weight, weight that's alive, weight that can thrive, weight that's not surviving, weight that that's not of subsiding, but a weight that's equal with you. That's why you can't look for no better half. You got to look for an equal whole, someone who is equal, an equal whole, equal holes. You see what I'm saying? When you have an equal whole that's held up by Christ. Y'all both can now hold the marriage with the help of the Holy Ghost. Now y'all can actually hold y'all comparable complementary comp, uh, 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 purposes that complement each other. Y'all not able to hold. But if he's a half and you a half, you can only hold half of what God has for you. But when you're a hold and he or she is a hold and y'all both are held up by God, then y'all are able to hold the purpose and its pieces properly. God designed and delivered us to only make external connections from the internal connection of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Spirit of God says he lead and guides into all truth. That's very important that you allow him to lead you and to guide you into all truth. Next point. Number five, envy desires, envy desires to equal. Comparisons want you to come and pair. Okay. Evil desires to equal. And comparisons wants you to come and pair, right? You see how I broke it down? We talked about uh, compare, comparisons, compare, come and pair. But envy, envy desires to equal. Envy desires to equal what is envisioning in another person's life. Envy says, I want to equal what she has and try to be better than that. I want to equal what he has. I want that type of woman, that type of man. I want that type of job, that type of thing. But you don't even know how they got that thing. You don't even know how they got that person. Are you a fly on the wall? Have you seen the way he did what with her and she did what to him? Do you hear their verbiage and communication with each other? Do you know exactly uh, what that they post the gram and they eat, apparently looking at eating at the table, but they eat in the separate rooms that they don't love each other? Come on, man. We can't make these false Comparisons. The Bible says, in, not the Bible, but the verse says, envy desires to equal, equal somebody else. Comparisons wants you to come and pair. Comparison says, come and pair it with me. You like what I got. The person may not be saying that, but that enemy, the evil spirits that are just around you is whispering in your ears. Don't you want to go over there and pair yourself with that? 
come over here and compare your life because the same uh, uh, issues that she's going through, I want you to pair it with her same issues. The same issues he has in his life, I want you to compare it with his issues. And what happens is we leave our place of contentment to try to come or go to a place and become what they are. And then we end up pairing with their issues, pairing with their abuses, pairing with their stuff. That's why we got to say, God, clean my heart of all envy, clean my heart of all jealousy. Help me to come, help me to look into the hills from which come in my help. My help comes from the Lord. Help me to <clears throat> com compare my life vertically so I can always progress. When you compare your life uh, horizontally, you plateau. When you compare your life vertically, you progress upward. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Let's break down some scriptures and see what the word of God has to say before I get into the rest of my points. Man, I'm going pretty. I'm, I'm going pretty quick, so I'm, I might be able to get through all these points in a good enough time. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Hebrews 13, 5 says. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your life. God keeps us, but it's our responsibility to do our part in cooperation with him keeping us. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The reason why people fall in love with money and fall in love with things outside of the protective parameters that God has set is because they believe deep down inside that God has left them or forsaken them. God has not left you in your singleness. God has not forsaken you in your singleness. God, you, you, your teenagers, God has not left you or forsaken you. Do not allow the enemy uh, to make you believe that God has forsaken. He is not going to forsake you because he forsook Jesus on the cross. When the Jesus, God man in the flesh on the cross, that was the only time he turned his back. That was the last time he turned his back on, on his people. And that was on his son so that he can now face us again, be able to enter, in, engage with us again. So it says, keep your life free because it's the love of money, because money is not necessarily money that's the issue. It's what money can get us. It's what money can make happen for us. It's what we can get from money. That if I just have enough money, I can have what she has. I can have what he has. I can get the type of women that he get access to. I can get the type of opportunity he get access to or she get access to. Maybe I can get what she has. So now let me let me get three or four jobs to, to get the new clothes, the new shoes, so that I can look good on the gram and match everybody else. You see what I'm saying? So now I'm love falling in love with money because money is now helping me to compare and compete. And then in complete in competition and competitiveness, we think that we are being completed, but we're not being completed. We're becoming depleted. Now we're losing ourselves in the process. We gained the whole world, but lost our soul. We gained everything. Thing, and we equal just about everybody that we desire to equal, but we lost ourselves. What it, what will a man or woman give in exchange for their soul? A lot of things. People will exchange their soul for anything. That's why he says, man, stay completely free. Keep yourself. Hey, I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit's leading and I'm going to keep myself from falling in love with money. That's right, sugar mama. You can't love God and money and be the Bible says, and be content with what you have. Some of us with the little that we have, have more than with people who have everything. 
because people have everything but are tormenting their souls because they haven't allowed God to uh, uh, occupy their souls are miserable. You can have a two bedroom home uh, with joy in it. It's greater than a family with 15 bedrooms, 20 some baths and a big house, but no joy or love in any house, no matter how small it is with joy, with love, with peace in it is 20 billion times better than a mansion worth billions with none of that in it. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, wherever the spirit of the Lord is reverenced, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, is, is embraced and, and God is revered and, and is embraced, that place, whether it is barely anything, is greater. Your singleness with God is greater than a marriage without God. You see what I'm saying? So you gotta you gotta know how to count so that you won't be putting in, trying to force fit incomparable parts in your life because you're like, man, I just want to have what they have, but realizing they don't have much of anything in comparison. It is the internal things that's worth more than external things. Love, my friends. People are spending money to find love. People are spending money to find joy. People are spending money to find peace. People are spending money to find uh patience and someone to love them patiently. But we got that free with Christ. But people are falling in love with money, <clears throat> spending their money in all the wrong places, hoping to find the right thing, and it end up still bankrupt emotionally or uh, 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 accounts full of money, but their souls empty. You and your singleness with God is, is greater than a marriage without him. Trust me. From people that I've talked to that have been married, that's why I'm glad my wife and I got the joy of the Lord because that's our strength. We are blessed wherever we go because we keep God in the forefront. But if I start envying a, a, another man's career or success, then I start depleting myself of my place of contentment and being glad with what I have. Because God, see, you can't you can't serve God of money, money because there are two forms of provision. God, no matter what, when it comes to your money, God's the ultimate source of provision. See, let me tell you something about favor. Favor is worth more than money. Favor will have you get a lot of good stuff and don't got to spend a dime for. I'm, I'm so blessed in my life that I, there's a lot of things I didn't have to pay for because of the favor of God. So God's be trying to tell y'all, keep your money. I got you. I got that. Keep your money. That's why you got to let the Holy Spirit lead you in your budgeting, lead you in your spending, because many of us are, are, are purchasing a car prematurely when God already got a car paid for you. We're purchasing homes prematurely when God already got a home built for you. And the Bible says he has vineyards you didn't have to toil, houses you didn't have to build, acres you don't have to toil. So why am I going to sit there and try to compare my life to them and then get in debt to have what they have when God has already paid it all? See, I got houses that God, that I don't have to build or pay for. I got cars. And it, that's why I'm blessed. It don't matter what happens to my vehicle. <clears throat> nothing's going to happen to it. It doesn't matter what happens to this home. Nothing's going to happen to it. But it doesn't matter what happens in my life. I know for a fact that he will provide. Money is limited. God is unlimited. If you put your trust in money, you're only limited to what you have. But if you put your life in God's hands, you're limited to what he has. He, How do you not know God doesn't have somebody, has your name in somebody's heart? You don't even know what rooms your name has been brought up in. You don't know who's talking about giving you acres right now, giving you this right now. You don't even know what God is doing. But wait, stand to see the salvation. Don't stand and don't seek the salvation. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. 
Most people are seeking salvation, but salvation saw true. Let's keep going. Let's get some more points. Let's get to let's get to the worksheet a little bit more. All right. <clears throat> oh, let me get to some more scriptures. I'm sorry. Let me break down some more text. All right. It says, uh, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake. God is with you right now. You're singleness. God is with you wherever you are. God is with you. He's with you. No need to be like, well, God's forgotten. God ain't forgot about you, man. He thought about you before you was even thought of. He thought about you before your parents even thought about, thought of thinking about each other to even think about producing you. He thought about you. You see what I'm saying? So you have to understand that God never, the Bible says, for he has said, he has said, he don't got to say it again. He said, man, I've been done said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when you believe that you'll trust them, God's got me. Why am I going to rush for that? Why am I going to try to compete and compare my life to them? Why am I going to envy what they have when I'm enjoying God? It's hard to envy when you're enjoying God. Genesis 1, says, so God created man in his own image, in his own likeness. In the image of God, he created man and male and female. You were not created, even though you look like your mama, even though no matter how much you don't like your father, you got your father's nose. You got your mama's ears. You got your daddy's chin. Okay. You got it. Even though you look like them, you were not created in their image. You have pieces of their image, but you got God's full image. You got pieces of the image. You look like them. Even if you were double man twin, y'all got parts of each other's image, but in the DNA, in the structure of mankind, we have the image of God. That's why the devil hates you so. Because every time he sees you, he sees God, three in one. How, and, and the Trinity, triune being, the essence of God can't be comprehended by man, but we can kind of see similarities in us, that we're three parts. We're a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. God the Father, God the Son, God the precious spirit of God. We can't fully comprehend how they can be one uniquely, but three expressed three different ways. That's uncomprehendable. We won't know it until we get up there. But we are in his image. Him being three, we are three. God, the Father, made us. God, the Son, saved us. God, the Spirit, leads us. One in eternity expressed three persons throughout time. We made in that image. Uh, Proverbs 14, 30 says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. A heart that's, that's healed and healthy gives life to the flesh. Oh, that's powerful. The reason why many people are sick or mentally ill right now is because they have been wounded emotionally. Internal wounds sicken the body. Just like the spirit cannot do anything separate of, of God, of Jesus, nor can Jesus do anything separate of the father, just like us. Whatever happens in our emotional realm, it affects all of us. When we are not spiritually allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us, and our soulish man, is our souls is all over the place. It affects the body. Whatever happens to the spirit, and if you don't allow the spirit of God to be released in the compartments of your soul to fill up every area like we talked about previously of your mind, of everything, so that you will be able to operate at high at a high frequency, able to focus on the things of God and excel, then your body, if that doesn't happen, your body will be sick. But when you have joy, Joy of the Holy Ghost in you, and you have the joy of the Lord in you, it floods into your mind, it floods into your memories, it floods into your thoughts, it floods into your emotions, it floods into your ideas, it floods into your knowledge, it floods into all every every area. And then the Bible says it will give life to the flesh. 
I heard a, I heard a doctor say, I was listening, I think it was Dr. Axe, one of my favorite uh, guys I like to watch online, Dr. Axe, A-X-E. Him and his other friend, his partner was talking about as far as in business, in, in medical, in the um in their field of study, he was saying there were people who lived to be 80 and 90 years old. And, and they said when they opened up their bodies, their bodies was full of cancer. But when you, and they talked about how there were young people who died prematurely, but didn't have no cancer in them. What he was saying was <clears throat> when the young person died, but had no cancer in them, it's because their emotions was weak. They were fit, they were healthy, but they got stressed out and died. But they said those people who's 80, 90 years old, cancer all over their body. I don't, I'm just saying, I'm just giving it what they told me. Cancer over their body, but they lived a long time. But family was saying that that mother was just so full of joy. That father was so full of joy. See, joy would continue to give life to the flesh. But a deferred, but deferred hope sickens the body. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a tranquil spirit gives life to the flesh. If you want to keep living, allow the life of God to live. Do not allow your life to live. Allow the life of God to live. And then you will naturally see your flesh keep going through seasons and issues. You will find yourself keep going and keeping it going. And you're like, I don't know how I got through that. Because the word of God says, the, the word of God just don't speak things uh, metaphorically. They're actually legitimate. Like they're talking about for real. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want to be strong tomorrow in your singleness, strong tomorrow in your marriage, strong right now, wherever you are, enjoy God. Eat in joy. Enter God's joy. Enjoy him. And then you will begin to see life given to your flesh. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy, but envy makes the bones rot. I bet you if you check any envious person. They probably either have arthritis or some type of bone crippling disease, nerve messing up disease. Why do you think, why do you think people are crippled and bent and, and, and broken for some, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people just don't got life in their bones. Their bones are stiff. Envy rots the bones. Unforgiveness rots the bones. Resentment rots the bones. That's why I don't got time to get rotten out by trying to compare my life to so whatever, so whatever somebody else got. I got to continue to keep life to my bones. Question, if the Lord has completed his preparation to me, how would I know when my six-year-old is also prepared for a bonus dad? Great question. I'll go ahead and post question. I just feel like I need to talk, speak to this question. I saw your question the other day. Real quick, I'm just going to answer this real quick. Let me get to my point. After the Lord has completed his preparation to me, how will I know when my six-year-old is also prepared for a bonus dad? Great question. Uh, what you have to understand is that only God's timing will make that uh, a, a reveal. Um, because if you give that son, that child, another person in their life before that child discovers who they are, it, it, it may cause confusion. Only God knows the right time. That's why you got to trust him. You got to say, you know what? God is sufficient enough to father the child. So you got to make sure that there's no frustrating feelings in you, no frustration type feelings in you that, that, make, that makes you go forward, makes you force a relationship because, oh, my son don't have a dad. I grew up without a dad in the home. Me and my dad are great right now. So I want to make sure I always make that clear. Me and my dad are awesome and great right now, but I grew up without a home and look how I turned out. I'm not the best thing since sliced bread. I'm not perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But my mom did an amazing job because she allowed the, the spirit of God to father me. 
She didn't force it. She allowed him to father me. And so when you release that frustration and supplement, not supplement it, but uh, um, uh, uh, completely subsidize, now I'm trying to use S's, but you allow the spirit of God to do what it does and you put faith there and remove fear and frustration out, you will naturally see the flow of the Holy Ghost father your son. Do not allow the fear of, of the statistics about single parent homes. See, you as a single parent mom with the fear of the Lord in it is greater and when your son would be more successful than a son who had a father in the home who did not fear God. So that's why I want to make sure I let every single mom know, single dad know, person, anybody know that you don't got to force a relationship because of the fear of your children. And people, because they fear their children, they force the bad relationship and the evilness and the sin of that man that you force in a relationship is now because he's the head of the home. You made him the head of your home. Without consulting God, you made him the head of the home. And now what he has in his heart floods into the environment of the home and now makes the child vulnerable. Let the father father your child. And in God's perfect timing, he will bring that right person. God would, the Bible says, uh, um, um, uh, man, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and the uh, uh, and the uh, make your request known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will be able to keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's hard to be at peace when you don't want to do what the Prince of Peace wants you to do. It says keeps your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I got to make sure everything I do is in Christ Jesus so that I can sustain that peace. But if I want to, if I decide to get arrogant or you decide or whoever decides to get arrogant and do any and do things outside of what the Prince of Peace wants them to do, you lose peace in your home. I hope that helped. Great question. But let's get right into it. Uh oh, uh oh, let me let me get up. Let me get up. Uh, y'all see, see, see um, the technology that messed me up. There we go. <laughs> let's get right into it. Proverbs 23, 17 says, let not your heart envy sinners, man, don't, as believers, don't even let your heart envy, because sinners get things by sinning, y'all. Sinners only get things by sinning. Christians only get things by winning. Woo! Sinners get, sinners get stuff by sinning. So if a sinner got something, they got it through sin. A believer gets their things because of the win, the great win back in 2000 Calvary. So you understand the word of God says, let not your heart, don't let your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. It says all the day, meaning because you never know, it may be two in the morning, your mind starts thinking about what your friend got. You start scrolling on Instagram and you saw that she just got proposed to. And that's what it says all the day. It says all the day, right? It says all the day, continue in the fear of the Lord. You got to guard your heart for all of it flows the issue of life, right? It is your responsibility in cooperation with the Holy Spirit's work to, 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 to keep your heart. You got to remind yourself, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What does the word of God say about this? The Bible says, and David said, I, I hear your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you got to know the word of God for yourself. Jesus was hungry, yo. Come on, man. Jesus was hungry, right? The, the devil said, look, man. 
I got this stone. Turn this stone into bread. Then he told Jesus, he took Jesus into a pinnacle. He says, man, jump down. Would not he not give the angels charge over thee so your foot won't hit the stone? Then he brought Jesus above uh, uh, and saw all the worlds and saw all the kingdoms and tried to convince Jesus to go beneath who he was. Jesus was already the bread of life. Jesus was already king of kings. Jesus was already Lord of lords. Jesus was already there. But Jesus knew I'm not going to allow my desires to supersede my disciplines. Hear me. Jesus had the desire to eat. Jesus had a desire to show the world who he truly was. Jesus had a desire to be king of kings. But no matter how desired, no matter how much he desired that thing, it wasn't going to deliver the people. He had to bend himself to the cross. The devil knew that if he opens up his flesh and dies for man, he loses. So he said, let me find a vulnerable point in Jesus and go and attack his desires. You defeat the devil, not through desires, but through discipline. Discipline from your devotion. When you're devoted to God and your discipline's growing, you fear God all the day, then your desires will be in him because you delight him. It doesn't matter how delicate that scone is. It don't matter how delicate, and you know what I see, you saw what I did with stone and scone. It don't matter how delicate that scone looks. It doesn't matter how bad you, you, you want to show who you really are before the time. No matter how bad you want to be top dog, top girl, it don't matter what it is. If you do it before the season, anybody who you were supposed to carry your cross for and die for won't be entered into salvation. That's why I don't mind 12 years of ministry and being at where I'm at. I don't mind it because I know I got to keep going and staying disciplined because if I try to do gimmicks and all these different things to get things prematurely, it will hinder the salvation of people that my disciplines through the help of the Holy Ghost in partnership with him was to was to help deliver. Jesus desired to eat. He desired um, to, to, to show the world who he was. For he showed three of his disciples on the mountain of transfiguration. He desired to be king, king but he knew that, that desire alone doesn't deliver people. But desire through the light of the Father mixed with discipline delivers people. Who the word is so rich, man. The word is so rich. He says, let not your heart envy sin, but continue to fear the Lord. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, my friends. My level of reverence will determine my level of reach. My level of reverence will determine the limits of my reach. The level of my reverence will determine the limits of my reach. If I reverence God a little, I'll reach a lot. If I reverence God a lot, I'll reach a little. You see what I'm saying? What I mean, reach for it. I'm not going to even reach for it because my reverence for God is there. Ooh, these scriptures, man. I, can, I might not even get through. I might not get to my points. These scriptures are so rich. Galatians 5, 20 says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envy one another. That's just self-explanatory. First Peter 2, 1 says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Put it away. Proverbs 24, 1 says, be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Is your friends evil? Are your friends evil? Do they gossip? They evil. You know what I'm saying? They got evil in them. Are they, are they endeavoring to get the evil out? You see what I'm saying? So you got to say, hey, man, I don't even want to be with them. Because if you be with them, you suffer the consequences with them. First Corinthians 13, 4 says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy. Love enjoys. 
lust envies i want that see i love my wife i don't need to look for another woman see what i'm saying when you got the love of god in your heart you won't you won't envy what another man has you won't envy another man's wife you won't envy another man's another woman's man etc see what i'm saying because the love of the god has perfected your fear the reason why we go fast after things because of fear what if she's not enough what if he's not enough I need two sides. I need this by my side. I need that because I'm afraid that I won't be able to be the man that I desire to be. I fear that I won't be what he is and I won't have what she has. So I, so, so that's fear. But when you love God, y'all go have fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying God. Let's keep going. So we got through our points. Let's get to some more, um, some points here. Why do people compare? Of course, I spelled the word compare. Why do people Compare. Let's get to the first one. C. Why do people compare? To boost confidence. Why do people compare? People compare themselves to other people to boost their insecurity, to boost their confidence. Our confidence doesn't come from any, our confidence shouldn't come from any other thing. Our confidence should come from God. The reason why many people are, are low and, and leveling themselves out, plateauing themselves, equaling through envy, pairing up by comparison. It's because they want to boost their confidence. Insecure people envy. Insecure people uh, compare their lives. Um, oh, I just wish I had what she has. Oh, man, I wish I had what he has. Oh, man, I just wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. You see what I'm saying? I wish I had what she has. I wish I had what he has. And what happens is we we do that so that we can feel good about ourselves. We, we, we compare so that... And so that once we pair up with them, now we can be somebody. Listen, our confidence is in Christ, yo. You can't compare yourself to other people for confidence purposes, purposes right? You got to say, you know what? I am who I am by the grace of God. I am who I am by the love of God. I am who I am because of the forgiveness of God. That's who I am. Your identity cannot be into somebody else. Because if you keep getting on Instagram, keep looking at what everybody else is doing, then you end up looking like them and not like God. Let's go to the next point. Why do people compare? Number one, C, to boost confidence. Number two, why people compare? To learn how to operate. All these points are not bad. There's nothing wrong with comparing, you know what I'm saying, in some areas, but there are some negatives and some positives, so we got, we're going to process it. That's a young boy looking up to his father. Uh, why do we compare? To learn how to operate. That's why you got to be very careful who your role models are. God is going to surround you with godly men, godly women that you can look up to, not to be like them, but to have an example tangible before you who's allowing God's, who, who is allowing God's character to show. That's the important thing. Do not look up to anyone that does not have a Christ character because someone who has Christ character will always point you to Christ. Their life points you to Christ because that's where they get their life from. So people compare to learn how to operate. There's nothing wrong with a child comparing himself to a good father to say, okay, how can I be strong like my dad or exhibit the traits like my dad that's that's equal to the traits in the word of God? Or to compare yourself to, to a mentor or a role model to say, okay, I want to be financially. I want to compare my, my budgeting techniques and skills to them so that I can increase my financial stewardship. That's nothing wrong with that. But when you begin to compare identity, that's the, that's the issue. So there's nothing wrong with comparing to learn how to operate. Okay, like right now, my mentor is Pastor Robin Gould. You see what I'm saying? So I look to him as a tangible figure with Christ's character flowing through him to show me what ministry really is, to show me the real life lessons and the life truths of ministry. 
but I'm not going to make Pastor Gould my God. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to make my pastor my God. There's so many people, they talk more about what their pastor said than what Jesus said. They, they, the, only, the only thing they read is what's transcribed from the lips of the preacher's uh, 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 um, sermon series, but won't go to the scriptures to find, if this, to find out if their sermon series actually matches the scriptures. So there's nothing with comparing your life, comparing your uh, habits, comparing your disciplines to another person's disciplines to become more disciplined, but do not compare your life or identity. What I mean, try to compare identity be exactly like them. So why do people compare? Number one, C, to uh, boost their confidence. O, to learn how to operate. Next point. Why do people compare? People compare to measure where they are and to make up the difference. Just like when number O, to operate means to how to function, how to function as a man, how to function as a woman, right? That's a, a, a ruler, a tape measure. Um, to measure where they are and to make up the difference. I compare to measure where I am, measure another person's disciplines, and make up the difference. Okay, if I want to be financially astute and financially stable, etc., I'm going to measure where I am in comparison to someone else and make up the difference. I'm going to look at what they have accomplished, but I'm not comparing my identity. I'm just saying, okay, I need to make up the difference because I'm not measuring up. So sometimes God uses other people as rulers, play on words, as rulers to show you godly rulers, to show you this is where you are. This is where you need to be for that juncture. Make up the difference through the help of the Holy Ghost, right? So some people, why do people compare? They compare to boost confidence. They compare to learn how to operate and they compare to measure where they are and to make a difference. There's nothing wrong with that, but it has to be the right way. Why do people compare P to puff up their pride, their ego or the emo? Uh, people compare themselves with other people to puff up their pride. Oh, I'm going to compare my life to them to make myself feel good. Knowing good and well, they're not where you are, quote unquote. But so you compare your life to people beneath you so they can feel good about yourself to boost your pride. To say, you know what? Uh, I knew I was better than him. Oh, I knew I was better than her. Look what I have in comparison to what she has and what they have. So I compare my life to, it's crazy how people will compare their lives to people beneath them so they can be complacent and feel like a king or queen where they are. Versus when you compare your life to Christ, you'll never plateau. There's always something new to work on. But most people, they compare themselves to people beneath them to feel good about who they are. Well, when they know that who they are is not who they should be. Why do people compare themselves? Number five, to abuse others. People compare themselves to and mentally sabotage people's uh, security. People compare themselves and vocalize, I'm better than you. Look where I'm at. You suck. You nothing. You no good. Look at where you are in comparison to where I'm at. Who cares what people got to say about you? Do not allow people's insecurities to bring you down to their level of insecurity. Man, y'all both insecure, looking crazy from a distance. You got to be very careful that people will speak their comparisons out to make you look or feel bad so that you are become beneath them. The reason why people talk toxic like that is because you're actually above them in character. You're actually above them as, as, as far as a person. So what they do is they try to yell out what they do have more than you. You see what I'm saying? People be like, well, I make this much money. You suck. Oh, you don't got no wife though. You don't got no husband. Look at you. They saying that because they actually envy you. They actually are insecure about your security place and where you are. So be very careful that you don't allow people who who are making comparisons to abuse you, to make you go even lower than where you are. Another reason why people 
uh, compare to see how real they are. People compare just to kind of go with some other points, see how real they are. Am I the real deal? You know what I'm saying? Or am I fake? Some people just want to see how real they are. And that's dumb to some degree. You getting in fights to see how real you are? You acting like a gangster to see how real you are? So y'all, I'm going to compare my life to the gangster life. I'm going to compare my life to hot girl summer. I'm going to compare my life to see how real it is. What most people doing that you compare life to is fake, but you're trying to be real. So you're trying to be like, well, if I be like them, I'll feel real. If I be like them, I could be real. And then when they dodge the bullets, but you can't dodge a bullet. And when they dodge the bullet of a, you know what from his, you know what, and didn't get, you know what. And then all of a sudden you got pregnant by that joker. Who's real now? Now you got a real consequence. Now you got real feels. Now you got a real consequence because you're trying to be somebody else's real, but that real is not the real deal. That real is fake. Why do people compare? Compare? Last but not least, because they are empty. That's an empty uh, grocery cart. Empty. No fruit. No nothing in the cart. Nothing. Just empty. I compare because I'm empty. Let's keep going. Uh, next point. Why do we compare? Why do we compare? Let's get some more points. The first C. Uh-oh. I done messed up. There we go. All right. Why do we compare? Why do we compare? Real quick, we compare, see, we compare our collectibles. We compare our toys. We compare our gadgets. We compare um, external things, our collectibles. What do we compare? We compare our collectibles. Oh, I got more cars than you. Ha -ha. Oh, I got more clothes than you. Ha -ha. I got more J's than you. Ha -ha. I got more business than you. Ha -ha. I got more people in my church. Ha -ha. I got more... See what I'm saying? We compare our collectibles. Now, what else do we compare? We compare our old online appearance. Man, I don't got as much followers as she does. I don't got that many followers like him. Oh, man, I don't feel legit, man. And then you quit because you don't feel legit. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and what happens is we start, well, then we start selling ourselves, showing more bodies, showing more stuff, doing more stuff to get more likes. Man, followers of the world. Look for worldly things. So if you got like for me, I'm not I'm not upset about my level of 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 impact and my level of reach because I speak the truth. Realistically, when you speak the truth, ain't that many people looking for the truth. But if you start doing that cotton candy uh, uh, sermons talking about your best life, this and this is what this is about you and you and this and this and this and money, you're going to have this. You're blessed every day. All this stuff over 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 insinuating. Uh, individual doctrines, but not preaching the balanced gospel, the partial gospel don't say. That's why it, bo it bothers me when people brand their gospel message. They got the hellfire and brimstone storm gospel. They got the grace gospel. They got the uh, prosperity gospel. They got the poverty gospel. So all you doing is you all, that's all you speak on. You got to preach the balanced gospel. But I don't worry about that because realistically, man, you're not gonna. You're not gonna uh, have billions of followers talking about the one you should follow legitimately. Why do people compare? What do we compare? We compare our collectibles. We compare our online appearance or presence, and then we compare our money. I got more money than you. Ooh, so now I don't feel good. I don't feel like I'm somebody because I don't got the car he has, or I don't not the car. I don't got the type of money. Listen, I got God, man. It's, uh, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a, a heavy account, but I got access. 
You see what I'm saying? See, if all you have is your bank account, you limited by your bank account. But when you have a bank account and you have access, there's no need to stress. All you got to do is follow the best. You see what I'm saying? Because now you know I'm not limited by my account. See, it don't matter where my account is because I got access. I'm a steward over my money. Don't get it twisted. But I'm not worried about that. My brother Rashad, what's up, family? I'm not worried about my bank account when I have access to my heavenly account. I got access to favor. See, you got access to finances, but do you got access to favor? People got access to finances, but when you need to get out, when you need to get through that Jordan, get through that Red Sea, do you have favor? You see what I'm saying? So favor is worth more than finances. If 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 all you're looking for is I am who I am based upon my bank account. But what do we compare? We compare our collectible C. We compare our online appearance. We compare our M money. We compare our P, personal and professional success. We start comparing our personal and professional success. Man, I don't, my, my church ain't as big as his. My ministry's not big as hers. My my influence not big as them. Now we now we get distracted and now we start burning out and 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 going harder to make it bigger. I need bigger barns. Give me bigger barns. I got I just gotta have big barns. But then the angel told that guy in the parable, it's tonight that your soul is required of you. Your soul is required of you tonight. So it doesn't matter my accomplishment. Listen, I don't. I, I'm gonna be. I'm successful down here. But one thing I refuse to do is to live my life only wealthy and rich one side of eternity. You should be richer in heaven. You should not be richer down here. So don't compare your money because the wise person says, where will I live the longest? So if you're richer down here, and then you get to have, even though your soul is saved, the Bible talks, be very careful how you build on the foundation, the foundation that was laid, who was Jesus. The Bible then begins to read 1st, 2nd Corinthians, talks about how some will build with precious stones, some will build with hay and straw, but everybody's work will be tried by fire. And the Bible talks about that even a person who built with hay and straw, their works will be burnt, even though their soul was saved. I wonder why God is going to be collecting tears from people, wiping the tears from their eyes in heaven. Why? Because many people are going to realize, even though my soul has been saved. I got nothing to show for it. I want something to show for my salvation, not for me to show, but I want to be like, here's a crown. When I stand before God and I cast my crowns, one, I don't want to just cast nothing. My head bald. I got nothing on my head. Little crown, little crown right here. I pass over. Now I want to be like, here's one. Here's another. Here's another. Here's another. Here's another. I want to be able to get into my heavenly account and I laid up treasures for myself. A wise person lays up treasures, not here, where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. I got so much to show for my life eternally. So when I when I meet my make and I get to heaven, I got, I got something to show for my salvation down here. What do we compare? We compare our collectibles. We compare our online appearance. We compare our money. We compare our personal professional success. That's why I don't care who's men. I don't care if a ministry bigger than somebody else. I don't even think about numbers. When you serve the audience of one, you can effectively serve any audience. When you make it a habit to serve one person, you would be of great service. You will have a hundred percent. My wife, my wife, <laughs> me and my wife, when we go out, if that thing, if that thing below a 95, it don't matter how much my mouth be watering. My mouth watering down to the bed, dropping to the flow. 
And as soon as I walked through that door, I looked to the left and I walked right back at the door. There's no need, even though there's no need to argue. In the beginning, I used to be mad. Why can't we eat? Why we always got to eat at places at 97s and 98s and 99s? Where I grew up, a 94 was a was an A, right? A 94 was an A. You know what I'm saying? A 90 was a B. I translated it into restaurants. But if my wife see a 95, we out the door. Why am I saying that? We got to ask ourselves, just like restaurants, what's our sanctification score? When we go to a relation, when we go into a restaurant, we have a sanitation score. A sanitation score. Don't get me wrong. We're not looking at scores. Hear my theology. About it. I'm not sitting there saying that. Whatever. I'm just talking about how much of my life have I allowed Christ to clean? So that when come when someone comes into the restaurant of my life, will they see? Because I have been inspected and in and, and, and invested by the Holy Spirit, and that He's able. Oh, we clean up in here. You can eat from my life. You can eat from my life because my sanctification score is 100 because I allow the Holy Spirit to clean me. Let's keep going. What do we compare? C, collectibles, O, online appearance, M, money, P, personal and professional success, and five, we compare our attractiveness. Man, I used to hate light-skinned dudes, man. Real talk. I used to hate light-skinned dudes. I used to hate guys with waves. I hated guys with waves so much that I, I forced my mom. I said, Mom, it's time for a perm. Yeah, coach got a, had a perm back when I was in ninth to 10th grade. I, my mom put, I was up under a perm. That's how bad. I was so envious of light-skinned dudes or dark-skinned dudes with waves because back then, Chubby dudes didn't get the girls. Back then, uh, I was friend zoned a lot. See what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, but if I if I get the waves, maybe God will flood some one of these, these girls my way. You see what I'm saying? Your boy permed his head because he was envious because I thought if I get waves, I'd be more attractive. But when you know what you have attracted, <laughs> when you know that it was the goodness of God that was a, that a true, oh my God. When you understand that I attracted God's goodness for my salvation, it don't matter how big this forehead is. It don't matter about my African features. I got a, I got a beautiful wife. It don't matter. But some of us, we compare our attractiveness, but that girl had to go to the DR to get what, to get her, you know what, like it is, like it is. You, he had to go in debt to get that car. He had to get in debt to get those abs. And you compare, they, and they taking pills and doing these different things to look the part. So why are you comparing your life to people who've been filtered out? Why are you comparing people trying to cover up their flaws when you got God inside of you? I don't, attractive beauty is an eye of beholder, but I'm glad God beheld me. Man, we got to stop comparing our attractiveness, man. You're beautiful. You're handsome, young man. Don't get no perm like Coach Josh trying to get waves, getting waves to bring girls to the yard. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 try to get milkshakes to try to bring them to the yard. You don't got to get no milkshake. You're only supposed to shake it for one man. You know what I'm saying? So don't don't try to get a bigger milkshake to bring more guys to the yard. Don't try to get the biggest car to bring girls to the yard. Just keep fertilizing your yard. <clears throat> keep taking care of your yard and God will let the right people into your pastures. Why do we compare? We compare relationship statuses or Singles compare their lives to married people, and then they get married and compare their lives to single people. Don't ain't it crazy how single people envy married people, then married people envy single people? Enjoy where you at. Enjoy your singleness. Enjoy your singleness. 
I'm telling you, enjoy it. Marriage is a blessing, but marriage requires work. You hear me? So, so it's cool to get married, but it's cool to be single too. It's cool to discover yourself, man. I don't look at this. Look, I, I do it in every video. Look at all that. All that from my singleness. All that, man. Listen, man, listen. Now, what you do in your singleness supplements and sustains your marriage. I got 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 uh how many 12 revenue streams? Waters. Waters coming into my yard. I want rivers coming to my yard. So some of y'all, y'all got no river to your yard talking about you want somebody to come there. Don't worry about your relationship status. You know what relationship status you have? Relationship with the father. That's the best relationship status. That's the one that trumps all relationship status. That's relationship status that are determined how far you go in your life and how rich your other relationships are. What, what do people compare? Man, I'm going long. Last but not least, they compare empires. They compare empires. They compare legacy. You know, Jordan to Kobe, Jordan, LeBron. Um, comparing <clears throat> who's greatest at this, comparing empires. No need to try to compare that. When you compare your life vertically, you always excel. Now, why shouldn't we compare? I think I got another uh, slide. Why we shouldn't compare? What's after that? Oh, okay. Why we shouldn't compare? Real quickly, seven things of why we shouldn't. Hold on. Man, I forgot points. I forgot points. Why we shouldn't compare? Number one, because see, it will have us centered on the wrong things. Why we shouldn't compare our lives to other people? Because it will have us centered on the wrong things versus centering our attention on God. We make this person's life the center of our world. We make this person's accomplishments the center of our world. We want, we make what we desire the center of our world. Why we shouldn't compare? Oh, we shouldn't compare because we're originals and there is nothing or no one that can, can compare to an original. I told kids in my last video, a previous couple of videos, I said, or, or when I did a Zoom chat with them, I told them, I told them, I already told, I said, listen, I said, originals will always be worth more than copies. Original, an original dollar will always be worth more than a fake hundred. A real dollar will always be worth more than a fake hundred dollar bill. Never forget that. If you ain't hear nothing else I said today on this live. A $1 bill will always be worth more than a hundred, a fake $100 bill. It don't matter how they look. I don't care how much they look like they're $100. You being a good dollar, a sound dollar, is worth more than a person that looks like 100 but ain't 100 Because you're an original. An original, if you sacrifice your originality to be a copy of somebody else, you just devalue yourself. Why we shouldn't compare three we don't possess the holy metrics. We don't possess the holy metrics. What that mean is God is the only one that can measure a thing. We don't got the holy metrics of God saying, okay, uh, 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 I can I can really measure their life compared to my life because you may look like you, you your life is a few yards and they look like they're a hundred yards ahead of you, but, it, but people's lives are illusions. So you don't got the holy metrics. God really knows who's ahead. So you think that you behind, I love the scripture says the first shall be last and last shall be first. I used to sit at that scripture, Rashawn. I used to be like, man, what does that mean? A guy revelation says the first shall be last because the first got there first, got there too quickly. And he says they got there so quick that they didn't know how to, how to manage it. 
but the last shall be first because they had a better angle. They're last, so they actually saw the mistakes of the first. So you're the last one to get married because, but but you, your marriage lasts the longest because you're able to see what not what lasts and what don't last. The last lasts because they're able to see uh, uh what it takes to last. So the first shall be last. You got there first. Now you're in the back of the line. You got married, got divorced. Now you're in the back of the line of marriage. You know, got in a relationship and now you don't extend it this, uh, this season longer than it should. The children of Israel were supposed to get to the promise in 11 days. Took them 40 years to get there in 11 days. It's kind of like you driving around this, your, your downtown for 40 years trying to find one restaurant, right? You, but it was supposed to take you 11 minutes to get there, but it took you 40 minutes to get there, right? And the reason why people uh, never get to their promised land is because they extend the season. They extend it longer than they needed to. They extend the season. What does that mean? Your singleness was only meant to be from the moment of 24. It was only supposed to be four years, but you made it 40 years because you went around the same mountain over and over again. You went around the same issue, didn't deal with it, didn't grow from it, blamed everybody because of it, and now your singleness is longer than it should have been. And how many of y'all are, are, well, I ain't single. How many of y'all are single to this day because of you? And you blaming God, blaming everybody else, but you ain't looked in the mirror and say, you know what? What am I going around this same mountain over and over again? Some of y'all, some people are in dysfunctional relationships longer than they should, in situations longer than they should, in certain trials longer than they should. You should have been, you should have been a tenth grader in, in, in the kingdom of God, but you keep repeating the second grade. <clears throat> you six foot two in the second grade sitting in small chairs and you should be in 10th grade. One thing about God, he ain't going to pass you through. He don't care about no child left behind. He don't listen. What I mean by that, hear my theology. What I'm saying is he'll leave you at that third grade level. Six foot six in the second grade of Christianity. He said, let's get from milk to meat. When I became a man, I put away childish things. So what I'm saying is, are you the reason why your single season has been extended? Is it be, could it be because you're going around the same dysfunction and you forgot how to function? Let's keep going. Oh, we have brother. We got it. Oh, let's we, we'll make it happen, Rashawn. We'll make it happen. I'm gonna talk to my wife first. I got I'm talking to my wife first, and we'll make it happen, family. What do we compare? Oh, where am I at? We don't hold the holy matrix, yo. So you think they further ahead, but you actually further than them. The rabbit in the hair, a rabbit in the hair, Tur the tortoise in the hair. The hare had a quick start, jumped out, got quick. Most people run too quick, break the leg. Man, today I was in food line and I was just, it was raining and I was just ready to get home because my wife, my wife was making these gluten-free pancakes fluffy for me, had sausage and egg whites and bacon ready for me. So I was like, man, I got to hurry up and get to this bacon. I got to hurry up and get to these egg whites. I got to hurry up and get to these fluffy gluten-free pancakes. Bruh. My shoes was wet. I was rushing in there. Didn't dry my feet. Oh, my goodness. I didn't dry my feet. I about, I about, I about popped the, uh, I about torn the, uh, what's some things called? Uh, what's some, uh, um, what's the ligament in your knee? What's the ligament in your knee? I almost tore, tore my ACL. I was walking so fast. It was a brand new foot. I, I was walking so fast. I about slipped. I about tore ACL going down aisle two. I said, man, let me slow down. Some of us, we don't take time to dry our feet for the terrain. And we wonder why we're slipping through aisles, tearing up uh, uh, tearing up ACLs. 
I said, let me take my time so I can be well when I eat this good food at the house. What I'm saying is don't rush. Because you you rushing to get where they are, but getting where they are actually gets you behind. See what I'm saying? You rushing to get to where they are and then find out, why am I, why am I here? When you was already ahead in the first place. Most of us, we think we're looking ahead and looking at other people. Some of us, we're looking behind, looking at other people, and then we end up going that direction. Why we shouldn't compare? P, we lose precious time when we do. The reason why you shouldn't compare is because you lose precious time. Time when you do. When you compare up to somebody else, you lose time to, to, to develop yourself. You lose time. You lose time. If I compare my life uh, to, uh, to, to a brother, to a sister, to, to a person in ministry, if I compare my life, I lose development time. When I divulge my time in somebody else's life and where they are and their destination, I lose sight of my own development. Why we shouldn't compare, it will have a center on the wrong things. Number one, oh, we're because we're originals and there is nothing no, or no one that can we, that can compare. M, we don't possess the holy metrics. P, we lose precious time when we do. A, we're not able to, we're not able to, oh, we're not able, oh, we're not able to see all it took for them to acquire and achieve what they have. That's powerful. We're not able to actually, oh, we're not able to see all it took for them to acquire. And she would, the reason why I don't compare myself to these preachers and see these certain people, I don't know how they, I don't know what they had to give up to get that. I don't know what these businessmen had to give up to get that. I ain't giving up nothing to get nothing. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm all about getting. I ain't all about giving up. I ain't giving up nothing. I ain't giving up nothing back there. I ain't giving up nothing. I ain't giving up my family. I ain't giving up anything to get what they got. And most people we compare us to, they got it because of evil. That's why the word of God says, let not your heart envy sinners because sinners, sinners get things by sinning. So if you eat, if you, if you, uh, uh, oh, I just want, oh, their marriage is so beautiful. Look how they hold their hands. But that same hand that holds her hand in a grocery, the same one that's going across her face at home. So don't envy how good they look on the ground. Don't envy how, don't compare it because you don't know what it took to get it. You don't know what it took. And about time you envy people. And what happens is we overly celebrate the beginning of things, but we never see the middle of a thing. We always envy the beginning of a thing, but we're not there to see the middle. And what I mean by that is, is that, oh, they got married. And then all we know is that they got married. And then we envy that chronicalized moment in that person's life. But we, then in that envy, we settle for the wrong person and get married. And then about time you got married to your guy, she about to divorce her guy. About time you got married to your man, she, about time you get to your woman, he divorcing his woman. So we envy the beginning of the thing and we envy the wedding, but not everybody can see the marriage. Everybody sees the wedding, but not everybody sees the marriage. So why are you envying their wedding and you can't see their marriage? Because why? We envy the wedding. Wow, they look so happy. Wow. We envy their highlights, but we don't see their work ethic. We envy what they do on the court in front of the arenas of people, but we don't see what they do in the gym. I'm telling you, man, don't envy somebody's wedding day when you don't know the days of their marriage. Why we shouldn't compare? Or it leads to resentment and the robbing of your joy. Why we shouldn't compare, it leads to resentment 
and it leads to the robbing of your joy. Now your joy is robbed. Now, because if your joy is robbed, your strength is robbed. The best way the devil can make you where he's able to hit you, where he's able to get you, is when he takes your joy. <clears throat> if he can take your perspective of God as far as the joy of God out of your mind, you are stripped of your power. Now, because what happened to Adam? The joy of Adam was not God anymore. It was his wife. The Bible talked about how Eve gave the fruit to her husband who was with her, which means that he was listening to the conversation of the serpent. And so instead of <clears throat> telling the woman, we out, why are you talking to him? And the devil knew Adam was a pansy. The devil knew Adam was soft. Why? <clears throat> I hate to think a joker come try to holler at my wife in my face. Oh, now I ain't going to bap him. I ain't going to bap him because I got so much to lose. Ain't nobody going to try me like that. Nobody gonna, nobody in their right mind going to try a real man and try to talk to a real man's wife. They ain't that stupid, right? But a man will try another man's woman, another man, and the man is there if he knows that man is soft. <clears throat> so we don't know the narrative of how maybe the joy in Adam's heart was robbed first before the conversation with Eve. We don't know. But what I'm saying is his joy was his woman. That's why he ate the fruit. He knew what God said. If the if the joy, if his joy was God and his reverence was in God, he would have slapped, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't, he would have slapped the fruit out of her hand. He would have brought her away from that thing because the joy, his joy would have been in God still. Why we shouldn't compare? Because it leads to resentment and robbing joy. Last but not least, why we shouldn't compare? E, because comparison would never end. You will end up comparing yourself to something or someone new. You get to that person's level, then you compare yourself to somebody else. You get to that other level, then you compare yourself to someone else. It never ends. I hope this message was a blessing to you all. I'm um, right under, uh, uh, right up under uh, Layla Carter, Carter's message. <clears throat> I'm going to start answering questions. Before I do, um, let's talk about some resources that I have for you. Um, make sure I get this right. And some websites, uh, books. My, my most latest book that I've written is called As He Says, As a Student of Serve is a book for kids. I talk about that they're, they're, uh, their art form and how to unearth it and to give it to the world. So that book's available. All these books are available on Amazon. Um, this book right here is a great resource for kids. It's not it's not biblically, it's biblically based, but not scriptures entailed. It's for the school system. So when you read the book, if you know the word, you will see the word in it. Um, but, but it's meant for the school system because I work in the elementary school. Um, my uh, other book, Dating Prep, uh, this book is for those who's dating themselves and love their life. Uh, it's for those who want to date themselves and love their life forever. And it comes not comes with, but you can get the, you can get with it this card game called Dating Prep. Oh, let me um this card game Dating Prep. Um, all the questions in the card game is for each level of the relationship. Uh, the cloud phase, there's three phases of relationship, cloud phase, cement phase, corporation phase. The cloud phase is y'all just met. The cement phase, the relationship is getting real. So now it's time to ask, answer some real questions. The corporation phase is when y'all are engaged or married and y'all building an empire together. And so like a cloud, a cloud question is, when is your birthday? What city did you grow up in? A cement question is, do you have a history of verbal abuse? 
What type of business? Oh, that's a, a cloud question. I'm sorry. Cement question is, how do you celebrate accomplishments? A corporation question. Let me find one, a good one. And these questions are a good question to ask because the right question at the right time can end the wrong relationship or give life to the right relationship. The right question at the right time can either end the wrong relationship or give life to the right relationship. In the book, there's all the questions in the book, right? And with the questions, there's activities in there too. So one of the questions that's from the book, let me find one here. This one right here says, uh, pet peeves. What are your pet peeves and how will they affect our relationship or marriage? Everyone is annoyed by something and knowing what annoys you and your significant other is key to developing your relationship. I believe in developing a pet peeve plan because it will help you plan on how to accommodate what annoys them and you. It's more, I break down the reason why that question is there and there's activities with that question too. You write your answer and you write their answer. If you're single, you just write your answer. What are your pet peeves and why? What are their pet peeves and why? Uh, what are their pet proper pet peeves? Okay, well, more questions there. The book that sparked this course, <clears throat> The Purpose of Singleness, are you whole or full of holes? Uh, great book right here. Uh, probably the number, actually number one seller in my uh, book that I have here. If you're dealing with spiritual warfare, got the book World War Me, How to Win the War Within. It's got scriptures in the back to help you too. This book talks about the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare, how to navigate through it. My next book is for those who have soul ties and strongholds. It's called The Purpose of Freedom, uh, uh, How to Untie Soul Ties Up Your Strongholds. A lot of people are like that bird in a cage. That door, because of Christ, has been open for years, but we stay in the cage. And the first book that I ever wrote was the book Unplugged. I wrote this book 12 years ago. The top things uh, uh, people need to unplug from. The back of it says, if you had only five minutes to live, how would you live them? Or that was back when I was fresh in the ministry. First start. <clears throat> so those books and also my other card game, Memory Muscle. Let me get it out of here. It's a fun way to memorize scripture. So that game right there, Memory Muscle. So like Joshua 1.8 and then the scriptures on the back it helps you memorize scripture. It's a fun way to play with other people as well. But with all that being said, <coughs> excuse me. Let's answer some questions. ORU, baby. Yep. The old stomping grounds. Let's get right. Oh, who would I say? Okay, there we go. Much needed teaching. Thank you. <clears throat> all right, first question. Let me get this out the way. Oh, before I get into that question, well, I'll get into that a little bit later. All right, uh, let's go. InfoMe ASAP says, Coach, the Lord revealed the Lord revealed one of my closest friends is envious. I always knew negative energy was producing. How do I walk away? Every time I try, she makes her son call me. It's hard to ignore the child. People who are insecure want control. Insecure people want, to, want you to come down to the insecure level because they need company. And what people do is <clears throat> they do these different things because they know that you are progressing and your progression makes them upset. Anytime a person is envious of you, do not allow someone's new envy. Don't allow somebody's nostalgia in their friendship. Have you overlooked their present envy? I don't care how great the relationship is. I don't care how nostalgia it is. I don't care how amazing it is. You can't trust envy people. Some of the most evil people are envious. They'll they'll they will utilize their child. They'll utilize what y'all used to do back in the day. They'll use whatever 
um, to get you under their control, to sabotage your greatness, to sabotage your effectiveness, to sabotage you. So how do you walk away from someone that's evil? Number one, you got to realize who you are. If you if you have any insecurity in your heart, if you have any fear of hurt, listen, let me tell you something. If I got to hurt your feelings to keep my feelings at ease, then let your feelings be hurt. See, back in my day, I was a people pleaser. <clears throat> I used to get abused. Uh, I've helped people produce books. I helped people do a lot of different things, gave people money, uh, was on the phone for four hours, giving people advice. I was doing so much for people and they walked over me. They did whatever, right? And so what happened was I got sick and tired of it. Next thing I knew, I say, you know what? I got to look at myself and look at myself and say, what is it in me? The root reason why I allow people to walk over me is because I didn't want people to walk away because of the root reason of abandonment. So because of my abandonment issues previously, I allow people to walk over me because I didn't want people to walk away. I'd rather you walk over me and still be here than you walk away from me. So I will, I will, I will, I will um, um, suffer unnecessarily through their manipulation, through their envy, just to have company until I realize in whose company I am and whose camp I'm in and who loves me. Because when the, you, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. When you have been perfected by God's love, you're no longer afraid. You're not afraid to hurt nobody's feelings. You ain't afraid um, to pursue your purpose. You're not afraid what people got to say about you because you love. If you ever met a person that's loved, their confidence is, is high. People who are uh, uh, universally uh, considered for most people a three, they are walk like a 10. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter where you are. Confidence is what makes you alive, not confidence in your money because you'll lose that. Your confidence leads to your countenance. When your confidence in Christ, your countenance glows. You grow and you're able to walk away because you realize you've been loved. So number one, I need for you to ask yourself, is there any self-hate in you? Is there any type of abandonment issues? Is there any type of issues inside of you that's, that, that needs this friendship? Is there some nostalgia stuff? about the relationship that's making you stay there. Listen, I don't care what the kid look like. I don't care what you did for the kid. I don't care if the kid call you auntie. I don't care what the kid ain't got nothing to do with it. The kids, the kid, if, if he got to envy his mother, pray for that child. So Coach Laura revealed one of my closest friends is envious. A friend is a person that's there with you to the end. She wasn't a friend. The Bible talks about that. There was many that started out with us, but time proved that they wasn't of us. The Bible talks about that when it comes to the faith that people start off and everybody look like Christians. Everybody ready to go. But when persecution comes, they, they fall away. So a real friend is not proven at the moment that they were friendly. It is proven at the end. It is proven in their consistency. It is proven in their celebration of you. It is included. It is proven in their love for you. It is proven in their celebration of you and their contentment in their own life. Right? So she was never your friend. She was never your friend. She was just a person that was friendly. And then when you started leveling up, she started embling you leveling up. And so she tried to use these different things, including the child, to keep you under her manipulative control. You got to walk away. I always knew negative energy was producing. You Listen, don't listen. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. You got to get away from her. How do I walk away? Let me give you some practical things. Number one, you got to write it down. Write it down. W, walk. Let's talk about it. W, walk. You have to write it down. Write down the facts, the facts that she is an envious person. Write everything she done did down. Envious, everything she done did. Write it, everything that she done did down. W, write it down. A, you got to oh, you gotta become aware of who you are in Christ and acknowledge it. Acknowledge what Christ did for you. Make yourself aware of your adoption in him and realize who you are in him. 
L, you got to let her go. Let it go. Let go of the nostalgia of y'all relationship. Let it go. Let it go so that you can level up. And K, even when she's around, still be kind, but be limited in your kindness. Everybody, everybody gets at least 30 seconds of my time. For some people, they may get it. My wife gets unlimited. See, let me give you the levels. My wife gets unlimited time. It's like, but this was this was like recent phone bills. They get, you know, it's not no free nights and weekends. You know what I'm saying? It's unlimited. She got unlimited time. Uh, family members got uh, uh, close to unlimited time. There's some people that she got unlimited time because that's the next one. God got unlimited time. My wife got unlimited time. Everybody else got uh, 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 a lot of limited time. A lot of limited time. There's some people that only get a little bit of limited time. There's some people that only get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of that limited time. And there's some people that only get 30 seconds. Based upon my value, I do not care whose feelings I hurt. When I help myself and my wife and my fellowship, anything that's in that, anything that threatens my relationship with God, threatens my relationship with myself, that threatens my relationship with my wife, that threatens my relationship from my intermediate and close family. Got to hurt your feelings, my friend. So W, you got to write everything down so you can have facts, the facts to flood out the feelings. A, you got to acknowledge what Christ did. You become aware of your adoption and increase your value and understand that you're a daughter of God and you really love by him. So it's perfect love to cast out the fear. L, you got to let her go. Let go of the nostalgia. Let go of all that stuff and then lock her away. Meaning, you tell her, listen, with all due respect, don't do don't do your child like that. Don't put your child in front of me. Whatever. She's going to get mad, whatever. Let her go. Okay? When you're around, be kind. But don't be all the way kind. Don't allow your kind to be blind. Great question. <clears throat> and don't pick up the phone when the son call you. Let him, leave, let him leave a message. Don't even pick up the phone. Don't even pick up. Let's keep going. Next question. Aline Collins says, what do you do when you finally meet your future spouse, but it's not time for you to marry? And what boundaries should you have up when getting to know them? Great question. Let's start with the first layer. What do you do when you finally meet your future spouse, but it's not time for you to marry? Stay anchored in the word of God. Stay honoring the word of God. Make sure that you honor each other's mind, body, and spirit. Um, if y'all not married yet, make sure y'all build your relationship exclusively up from each other. What, what hinders most people, they start when they, when they meet the person, they start praying together. They start going to church together. They start looking like a couple, right? There are certain benefits that's reserved only for marriage. Um, cause what happens is when you start bringing a man to the altar and a woman to the altar and y'all praying together, y'all are building a spiritual bond prematurely. Now you're going to God about a person that we don't even know if God put y'all with, right? But if you but if you got confirmation from God as the one for you, y'all got to make sure I respect the balance because you got to still know God for yourself and still grow in those areas. And then you he still got to grow with each other. See, I met my wife, but I wasn't ready to marry my wife because I still had to grow in areas. She still had to grow in areas. So God has a timing for you to meet the person. And he also has a time for you to marry the person. But the time in between, you got to make sure that you continue <clears throat> to uh, grow, improve develop, uh, continue to maximize and implement disciplines to make you a stronger wife and vice versa for men, a stronger husband and continue to grow in the things of God in the meantime. So here are some boundaries. Uh, number one, you got to make sure um, that you do not enter environments where weaknesses can be manifested. Make sure you, if you know, if the car, if y'all can't, if he gets hot and steamy in the car, y'all probably should drive separate cars and go to public places. If you know for a fact that, you know, he wants to drop water off at the house because it's quarantine. He didn't want you out there. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. But you got to say, you know what? I'll meet you at the car. Just drop the, treat him like Instacart. Treat him like shipped. You know what I'm saying? Because last time you was in the house, you was, you was on my hips. 
See what I'm saying? So you got to say, you know what? Leave the groceries on the, on the, on the porch or I'll meet you at the top of my development to get, because I got to do whatever it takes that I don't get weak in, weak in the knees. You see what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So you got to know that you got to know how you operate in certain boundaries and don't lie to yourself. Most people lie to themselves and be like, I can handle it, but you can't handle that kind of heat. You know what I'm saying? And you, the man smelling good. He's smelling good. Now you're intoxicated. You, you, you're intoxicated by the man Cologne and you forgot that you forgot who you was. And let alone let her bend over and get some get she 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 making you she making you your favorite she making you some broccoli casserole whatever now and she bend over getting the broccoli out of the bottom of the refrigerator and you happen to get a glance. See what I'm saying? And all of a sudden now you know this head ain't thinking no more. The other one got full of blood and you didn't blame no blood up here no more. So you gotta know your boundaries. So uh, don't go in any environments where you know you'll be weak. Make sure that you continue to keep y'all's walk with God exclusive until y'all walk away from the aisle together. Uh, make sure that uh, <clears throat> you limit your time with each other. Number one thing you got to make sure is make sure he's from God. Make sure she's from God. That's the first thing. What I will advise, if, you, if you're not sure and you guessing, I say y'all both separate for about 14 days. That's what me and my wife did. We prayed, sought God or whatever, just to make sure to not to make sure, but just to, but just to be, just to follow the will of God. Just to say, God, I want to be in your will. What's up? Do it in, in the 14 days. Don't talk to each other. Do whatever y'all got to do and find out, God, I need to hear from you. And don't seek God every day. Is he the one God? Just give it to him one time. Petition to God one time. Praise him every day after that. I believe that I receive from you. I believe that you will answer your daughter. I believe you will answer your son. I believe you will let us know. And then because it's best, like I could, I could attest from my marriage, it's best to walk from clear confirmation. Not cloudy confirmation. I think it's of God, but I'm not sure. Looks like God, but I'm no, no, I don't know. It's cloudy. Clear confirmation because the future arguments won't make you leave. The future challenges won't make you leave it because God confirmed it. So go to God, make sure it's from Him. Secondly, make sure you don't go any places where there's weaknesses can be manifested. Number three, um, keep developing your own personal relationship. Don't 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 have a relationship to God together. You see what I'm saying? And uh, I think that should be you should be good. Um, and what balance should you have up when getting to know them? Um, stay in public places, uh, observe, watch my friend, watch, watch and pray. Lest you fall into temptation, watch and pray, watch everything he do and stay in communication with God and everything you do. Watch what she do fellas and stay in communication with God and everything you do so that you don't fall into temptation with the wrong one. See what I'm saying? That's the best advice I can give you. Hope to help. Next question. Hi, Josh. How do I uh, how do I go about explaining the idea of God giving us free will compared to his predestined master plan for our lives? Does it cancel out free will? No. There are certain things about God we're not going to fully comprehend, but we can comprehend to a certain degree. And even in our comprehension, we're limited. The best thing that I can say is, is that <clears throat> God's predestined will is perfect. And it doesn't matter what you do down here. God's way, God's plan, purpose will prevail. The Bible says many other plans in a man's heart, but it's a purpose, Lord, to prevail. Now, how do you can tell that person is, is that, um, um, how can I give this the right properly so it won't confuse anybody? There are certain environments that will make you bend a certain kind of way. I'm just going to say, leave it like that. There are certain things that God can do that can bend. He can't make you do anything, but he can set the right environment that makes things happen. I don't know what God did in my wife's friend to bring her to, to uh, my Bible said that day. I just know their plans was bent. They would, the circumstances bent and brought her there. 
See what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, is that God doesn't grab your wrist and make you do anything, but he does set up circumstances and environments that makes his will come to pass. And that's the best way I can comprehend it in this brain of mine. Like I said, I can't fully comprehend it because I ain't God. But what I can say through my limited mind and from my experience with God, I can kind of give some clues on how he does it. So how he probably does it is he sets the right circumstances that makes the individual parts at play bend according to his will. That's the best advice I can give. That's the best way I can articulate it. Oh, that, uh oh, did I pass everybody? Uh oh, there we go. Thank you, Rashawn. Thank you, family. I love the, pra the practicality of purpose singleness. I need to get free the freedom. Thanks, bro. Thanks for the support, fam. Yours got skipped, Aline? Oh, I just, okay, I just answered yours. Okay. Uh, how do you get out of a situation ship? Great question. Uh, <clears throat> uh, jump ship? Simple as that. Situation ships are situational. Um, and what I mean by that is you got to say, you know what? You got to find the facts of the situation. Uh, first off, ain't no man, no man of God is going to make you feel like you're in a situation ship. Simple as that. Because I see that you're a lady. So I'm only coming at that angle. Uh, so what I will say is, how do you get out of a situation ship? Is to see who's the conductor. If the conductor, if if the, if the um, what they call them, um, people who do boats. If the captain ain't Jesus. Get off the ship because you got a life vest. Just jump ship because you were created to walk on water. Don't worry about the life vest with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will have you floating until another to the right ship comes along. So how do you get a relationship situation? Write down the facts. Why is this not a relationship? What games are being played? Why, as a woman, do I feel like this situation ship? Write it down. <clears throat> All of the physical connections, emotional connections, spiritual connections. I need you to get this book right here. The purpose of freedom because you got a soul tie with that gentleman. And what you got to do is you got to process that and say, you know what, am I, you can get it for free. Email me today. Go to my website. I am anyone who emails me today and emails me within the next 24 hours of this video's recording. I will give you a free PDF copy of that book. Go to my website. I am, <clears throat> um, I am unplugged.com. Give me one second. I am unplugged.com go to the website there uh oh here we go lord on the mountain the technology there we go and go go right here go to contact and you can reach me there and you can get this book go to contact And email me down here. Any, everybody from 24 hours of this video get that free copy because it'd be about 100 people. And I don't mind giving it to people. I mean, I just don't got the time to just keep giving it to everybody. That's all. So that website there, IamUnplugged.com, and we'll, and we'll make it happen. All right. <clears throat> because you got a soul tie with them. And so what you got to do, you got to say, okay, look, I'm tied to this guy. So I need you to write down all the reason why you tied. Write down all the reasons why that man is potentially idle or the idea of the relationship could potentially be idle. And change situations and say, you know what, this situation is not fit for me, but you got to be ready for it. <clears throat> you got to look at your heart and ask yourself, do I have any insecurities or self-hate in my life? Because when you love yourself, you limit yourself. I just life coached someone today. <clears throat> Where's her notes at? Because I, there were some things in my notes with her that was so powerful. Well, I don't know what the notes are. 
But we talked about how uh, uh, we talked about how those who love themselves limit themselves. And when you love yourself, you limit people and you limit yourself. So you got to really write down, number one, why you should leave this relationship. Why this is the situation ship? Why you should leave it, write the facts and type it out, print it out, put it in your phone or whatever. So you can always go back to when your emotions rise because it's nothing worse than not having the facts written down and your emotions always flood. And then you find yourself flooding into a new situation ship. So write down uh, why it needs to end. Why did it begin as far as your heart and your heart wasn't in the right place or whatever, or idolatry or, or insecurities. And then look up scriptures about who you are in Christ and how loved you are by God. I want you to memorize the scripture about perfect love, casting out all fear. Look that scripture up and find it for you right now. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, perfect love. I know it. I just got to uh, cast out all fear. That scripture, my friend, is 1 John 4.18. I want you to meditate on that. 1 John 4.18. Okay. Oh, I, I added somebody else's question. Okay. All right, let's get let's get back to hers. That's what you do with a situation ship. All right. Simone Williams says, what is the best way to discern spirits when entering into a room? All right. We're getting we getting into the to the to that to that spiritual warfare. How do you best get along with those who are not for you? Great question, my friend. What is the best way to discern the spirits when entering into a room? We are supposed to be conditioned to test spirits. The Bible says, test every spirit to see if it's of God. We don't make it a habit. And my next book that I'm writing right now is talking about how to test the spirits, how to discern, how to know the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart, how to know God's confirmation, all that stuff. So that's what I'm working on right now. So the best way to discern the room <clears throat> is to make sure that you have practiced sensitivity uh, uh, systems. I have systems of sensitivity to keep you sensitive. When you get so caught up in the noise of life, you become desensitized and not sensitized. You're not sensitive. You're not discerning because you're allowing too much stuff in out of your life and you're not able to discern. But when you are um, still often and you practice stillness by making time with God and centering your life in the things of God, uh, being in tune with and making it a habit to hear from God, making it a habit to follow God, making it a habit to obey God, not for love, not for forgiveness, whatever, but from it, right? And those habits, those systems of sensitivity will help you when you walk into right now. Some people have the gift of discernment. Like I have, I have the gift of discernment. Some people don't. But everybody should have, anybody who has the spirit of God has the ability to discern. So when I walk into a room, I can feel the temperature of the room. And I can, because when you walk into a room talking first, you get distracted. But when you walk into a room quiet and you allow whoever's with you to talk, you walk into a room quiet, you say hey and stuff, but you just observe. You will see the demons. You'll see them because demons can't hide themselves. You will see, you will see if this, if if lust is dominating this environment, if pride, look at the characteristics of the people and you'll know what type of spirits in the room. So when you look at a person, you see a bunch of pride in the room, a bunch of lust in the room, a bunch of ego in the room, a bunch of fear in the room. You know, there's a governing principality type level of spirit governing that realm. Cities have have identity. You look at if I say Las Vegas, what spirits that laws covers Las Vegas? That's easy to know. What uh, uh, if, I, if I say a city of of or or a neighborhood of poverty? You can you already know what spirits over that. If you look at banking cities, you already know what's what principality could potentially be governing that or that region. So you know it by making sure that beforehand you stay sensitive. You know it by be, being silent. 
So being sensitive, being silent, and in the silence, you they will naturally show who they are. That's simple. Sensitivity beforehand, silence in hand, and they'll show their hands, if that makes sense. Great question. Simply in it says, hey, coach, it's not highly thought of when saving yourself a marriage in today's society. How do you keep pushing through not getting the dating scheme, like taking talking to multiple men and being confused? Great question. See, I was me and my wife was a virgin. We were virgins when we got married. And, and early on in my virginity, it was like I, the reason why I was a virgin first was not because of God. It wasn't because of the verses in the Bible. It was because of my mom's ability to make things plain. She, my mom was amazing at letting me know from the beginning, <clears throat> Joshua, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. That's all I heard since I was a boy. You are called for the time of this. She told me the story about when um, she was about to give birth to me. My dad came into the room and my dad was going to name me some long 15 letter Af African name. My dad's Nigerian. I, my dad did get my middle name, my last name, but uh, she said the spirit of God came into the room and she wasn't saved at the time, but she feared God. But salvation, who knows when she was saved? Who knows? And what I'm talking about, because salvation may not have a date. You have a date of revelation that you were saved, but you don't have a date of actually being reached out to be saved. But when she was sitting in her bedroom, she was going to give me, she was going to let my dad name me. But she said, the spirit of God came into the room and said, name him Joshua for he'll be a great leader. So from the beginning, <clears throat> um, I knew I was called for a purpose. And so when I was four years old, my mom said, I looked at her and my mom was a smoker and a drinker back then, not drinker, but she drunk occasionally, but she smoked. And she said, I looked at her. And she said she dropped her cigarette, she threw them away, went to church that Sunday and got saved. So from that moment, from four years old until now, I, I know I had a purpose. So in my uh, uh, teenage years, my mom would just made it plain. She said, son, don't do anything that's going to destroy your purpose. And so she told me plain about sex before marriage. She said, man, do you want to make a woman that's not yours pregnant and you stuck with her for the rest of your life? She made it plain to me. She said, do you want an STD from this woman? She made it plain to me. So it was the fear from my mother or fear from reasoning. I ain't messing with these guys. I ain't, listen, I'll do well. I ain't doing that though. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that because I got a purpose. So it don't matter what other people practice. What they practice now will hinder their performance later. What they practice now will stifle their purpose. So my encouragement to everyone who's a virgin or a person who is a, a renewing, who has renewed their purity commitment and they're endeavoring to be kept, you have to realize you have to be kept. You can't trust your ability. You have to know you have a purpose. You have to know for a fact that I'm X plus Y equals Z. A plus B equals C. And what most people do is because it, they can, they got away with it. They thinking, well, I don't got no baby. I don't got no STD, but you got soul ties. The Bible says when people com com uh, commit sexual immorality, they, that's the only sin that sins against themselves because now you don't uh, uh, confuse your body. I rather, I rather be clear and clean than to be committed and, and uh, confused. So what happens is your body, when you let that person into your body or you go into that woman's body, that, that her body and your body are now registering that this is my sole uh, sexual partner. But then when your body gets confused, when it's got different, your, now your your your, your uh, walls don't know who to, who to uh, uh, get a hold of and you can't, you trying to get in different garages and, and the car can't fit 
And now your body's like, which one's legit? Which one's really for us? So now when you think about all the consequences and how confused they are, you don't have to worry about being confused. So trust me, it's worth the wait. I don't got no soul ties. I don't got no baby mamas. Whoa. I don't got no baby mama, nor no baby mama drama. I don't even, I, I, I didn't even want a good baby mama. You know what I'm saying? Some some guys got, and my, my baby mama's cool. You know what I'm saying? My baby mama's cool. We don't, even, we don't got no drama in there. You know what I'm saying? My baby mama's cool. I, I ain't even want a cool baby mama. I ain't want no baby mama, nor a baby mama's drama. Because even if you got a cool baby mama, you know what I'm saying? It's too much, man. It's too much. So when you realize the consequences of those choices, then you find, then you're able to see what they do is stupid. That's all I kept thinking. Y'all done for that. You're done for that. And now being 34, let me tell you something. It pays to do it God's way. That's the best. It pays to do it God's way. Because you know what? In my singleness, I distracted myself in my purpose. So no matter how the hormones rose, no matter how much, whatever, whatever, I fought it. Listen, listen, let me, let me tell you something. Let me show you something. You don't do this. You, you, you don't write books. You just you don't write books just to be writing books. This came from devotion to my singleness and possibly some sexual frustration. Just joking, but possibly. Get into your purpose and dilute the sexual frustration and look focused. And when you have those feelings arise, find the facts. I don't care what the world ain't going to think that way. The world wants immediate pleasure and temporary pleasure. Wise people are willing to delay gratification. They rather delay gratification for the right time and the right purpose. And now me and my wife are happy, enjoying each other. You see what I'm saying? How do you keep pushing through not getting the dating scheme? Realizing that God, do you want a match made here or do you want a match made in heaven? It's that simple. Listen, no matter. No matter what, I wouldn't trade my wife for nobody else because we're purpose aligned. She's the one God has for me. It don't matter what another woman got. It don't matter what another uh, uh, preacher got. I don't. I want this ministry. I want that woman I, because it's God gives the best. God don't give seconds. You know what I'm saying? He gives the, the he don't. Ooh, God don't give seconds because the first meal is filling. God, there's no need. There's no need to get seconds from God because the first meal is filling. My wife is filling. I don't got to look for seconds of size. My ministry is filling. I don't need to go. I, I've, been, I've ate from God. I'm full. I'll never hunger or thirst again. So that's what I'm saying. When you're full of God and enjoy the Lord as your strength and you get productive. And I wrote my six books, two card games, 1400 videos on YouTube. That's what helps you occupy the time because dating people right now is only wasting your time. Dating people right now is only confusing your mind. Dating your life right, dating people right now can to a degree, if you compromise, make you feel like slime. Hope that helps. And trust God's timing, my friend. I did. I'm speaking not down at y'all. I want you to understand, I never want y'all to feel that I'm talking down to y'all. I'm married now and y'all, mm -mm, I'm looking over the fence at y'all right in the face. I'm not looking down at y'all from the mountaintop. Hey, Matthew's amazing, amazing, amazing. I wish y'all could be where I'm at. No, 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 no. I'm at the fence. I'm, in, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on, I'm on the fence looking at y'all. I'm on this side of the fence. Talking to y'all. It's great over here, y'all. But take your time. It's a lot of work over here. But trust God. Look at the acres. Look at what God blessed me with. 
I'm just talking. I don't want you to hop the fence. I'm just talking to you at the fence. Trust me. Take care of your field. Simple as that. Love y'all guys. Because if I go over two hours, camera starts acting up. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I pray um, <clears throat> this uh, podcast, this video was amazing, was uh, beneficial to y'all. I pray that y'all got something from it. Um, if y'all have any questions, you can go to my website. I'm going to bring it up one more time. You can go to my website right here. Uh, I am unplugged.com. And you can, uh, uh, Life Work, of course. Uh, you can, uh, let me see. There's our kids mentoring program. It's loading. Uh, online courses, books, uh, merch. That's my wife right there, my beautiful niece. Beautiful wife, beautiful niece. Uh, Life Work course. You can go and find the courses. Our, our courses there. Let's see if that pops up. That's where you find the purpose of singleness course where you can download the worksheet. Uh, let's go back to the website, other parts. Uh, what else you can get? You can get the online courses, kids mentoring, uh, the history of Unplug. Oh man, this is the stuff that God was blessed us to do back in since 2004. Um, our mentoring program. Uh, yeah, I got the, the Wi-Fi is probably beaten. But this these are all the kids. Well, this was our first year of our mentoring program. We're in our fourth year. But unfortunately, coronavirus, we're not able to uh, be with our kids. But uh, you can still support that for next school year. Um, you can donate as well. What else we got here? Uh, we got uh, courses, YouTube channel, podcast, podcast, good guys, podcast, all the podcasts. Uh, I'm stop. I'm stopping on the website because it's probably overdoing it. But yeah, card games. Uh, let's see what card games at. Click that link. Go right to the card games where you're able to get um, dating prep and memory muscle. Uh, if you want one-on-one coaching, like I had a, a coaching set. I had a couple of coaching sessions, a handful of coach sessions this week. If you want coaching sessions, we could uh, schedule some. Give me your uh, uh, your budget, what you're able to do, like spiritual coaching. Value and self-esteem coaching, transition coaching. Look through the page, find out what coaching was uh, fit you. Um, let me know your budget. If I'm able to do it, I'll reach out to you. Some people they reached out a week or two weeks ago, and then they finally get from me because I was able to make it happen for them. So we got coaching sessions as well. Um, if you want to get books, you can get the books from Amazon. Oh, y'all can't see it. Okay. Either way, and also you can donate. If you want to give the support what I do, you can do that as well. Uh, general donation, propel donation, or donate from uh, PayPal. Just go to our website, imunplugged.com. And um, I love y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.